Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is early Thursday morning for me as I'm, I'm recording this very late after the season opener. The Nuggets dropped their first game of the season to the Sacramento Kings, 124-122 to in overtime. Uh, it's a brutal loss. There's no other way around it. I'm going to have two segments tonight. The first is going to be entirely devoted to the bad things that happened tonight. There's a lot of bad. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. And it's pretty disappointing that the Nuggets kind of came out and laid an egg in their first game. Uh, I thought there were good individual pieces, but most of this is bad, and the Nuggets should feel bad for losing to the Sacramento Kings on opening night. Um, It was a wild sequence of events at the end of the game. Uh, I will talk about that in just a little bit, uh, but I want to kind of start this off in chronological order. And let's start with Michael Porter Jr., who got the start tonight in favor of Will Barton. Uh, The Nuggets started Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. It was the first lineup that they had tried out in the first two preseason games. It is not the lineup that I expected, though I had heard earlier today that it might happen. Uh, It did end up happening, and Michael Malone started Michael Porter Jr., and I thought it was a great move. Uh, Pretty symbolic that his first start of his career came against the Sacramento Kings almost a year prior to today. Uh, So pretty interesting stuff. Uh, Unfortunately, it kind of got off to a rocky start for him. Uh, He racked up two quick fouls, uh, even though he started the, the game two for two, and was forced to go to the bench after just four minutes. Um, the Kings attacked him and they attacked him repeatedly and they were hoping to get into either good offensive situations for themselves or get him into foul trouble. And that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what happened. And he obliged. He's going to have to fix that. That's going to be something that he will continue to have to work on because he's not the most mobile. Uh, he does have a lot of length, but he doesn't have a lot of experience and a lot of defensive savvy. So he's got to stick his arm straight up. He can't be reaching. He can't be doing any of that. He's too important to the team now, if he is a starter, to get into foul trouble immediately. His getting into foul trouble actually screwed up all of Denver's rotations. It was pretty pretty clear to see. Uh, But he got into foul trouble. He also picked up a third foul relatively early in the second quarter. So he finished the first half with just seven minutes played. Uh, That's bad. That's not good. You don't want that from your guy. Uh, He finished with 30 minutes, but that's because the game went to overtime, and he played well in the second half, but we'll get to that. Um, Jamal Murray. 
this was probably the worst game that I've seen Jamal Murray play um, since uh, the game one or no game two against the San Antonio Spurs in the first round of the 2019 playoffs until the fourth quarter happened in that game. Um, this was atrocious and it's hard to really put into words how Murray just didn't necessarily look comfortable out there. Uh, he was driving into traffic. He wasn't necessarily finding his, his passes to his teammates. Uh, he deferred to Jokic a lot, and that's one of the reasons why Jokic's stat line looks so good. Uh, but on the open jumpers that Murray did have, he missed them all. And this is a, a tough look for, for Jamal coming out of the bubble, coming into a new season that a lot of people have a lot of questions about him as to whether his bubble performance was real. I have full confidence that Jamal's bubble performance was real. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I this is not worrisome for me. But it was probably the main reason why the Nuggets lost this game. They didn't get the Jamal Murray that they need to get every single night. And if he wants to be an all-star, if he wants to be known as the second best player on this team who can lead this team to a championship, or even first best player if that's what his aspirations are, um, Jokic brought it tonight. And Murray had a good opportunity to bring it. He had several open shots and just didn't really capitalize. So it was a really tough spot for him, and, and I hope he gets it together. Um, looking at the other side of the floor, uh, De'Aaron Fox was really good in this game, despite going 8 for 20. He put so much pressure on Denver's defense, and it was pretty clear to see that when he was getting to the rim, uh, the Nuggets were collapsing. Uh, they could not contain him in dribble penetration. And it wasn't just Murray. Uh, Fox staggered onto the bench unit and kind of abused the bench unit at various points. Uh, and then late in the game when uh, Murray was sidelined due to foul trouble and then being fouled out, uh, Fox was also taking advantage then. Now, Fox did go 8 for 20 in this game for 21 points. So I won't say the dribble penetration was the only thing that, that caused the Nuggets to lose this game. Let's be honest here. Uh, but I will say is that it is connected to the next thing, which is offensive rebounding. Um, when you get a guy like a guard like De'Aaron Fox, who generates free points at the rim, if only because when he gets past the first line of defense, he draws the second line of defense. And that's usually a big, that's usually a rotator. And whoever's man that is has a free opportunity for an offensive rebound. The Kings had 17 offensive rebounds in this game, and they are the smaller team in comparison to Denver. Uh, Jokic, Millsap, Porter, they should be able to keep those guys off the glass. But if they're not in position to do so, if, they're, if they, they don't have box out position, then they can't do that. Uh, I thought that Millsap was pretty poor on the glass tonight, as was Porter for most of the time. And it was pretty clear to see when, when guys like Nemanja Bielitsa and Hassan Whiteside and uh, Rashawn Holmes especially, he was a guy who really benefited from Jokic having to rotate over. I thought Jokic's defense was really good, but he had to rotate over so many times that Rashawn Holmes, he just grabbed so many different rebounds. Um, that's, that's unacceptable. And if you're Denver, it starts at the top. It starts with Jamal Murray and his uh, defensive contain. It starts with Gary Harris. It starts with Will Barton, who I thought was really bad defensively tonight. 
Um, if Denver is going to play small guards with Monte Morris, Facundo Campazzo, P.J. Dozier was playing the power forward position. If they're going to play like that, they have to stay in front of their man because those guys are all at a disadvantage on the offensive rebounding uh, for the opposing team. And when you get to that position, when you see that repeatedly, the Kings were able to take advantage because they knew exactly what Denver's weaknesses were. Um, you had all of those guys that were crashing. Uh, Bielitsa, as I mentioned, Holmes had six offensive rebounds by himself. Uh, that wasn't the only thing that lost Denver this game, but it certainly didn't help. Overall, bench kind of looked out of sorts. Uh, when they first came in, Isaiah Hartenstein was the we, the first guy who, or not, he wasn't the first guy, but like he's he's the guy who I represent with the bench unit, uh, who I think is representative of that unit. Uh, because he's the guy who comes in for Jokic, and Jokic has the best player. Whenever he isn't in the game, that seems to be the perfect time to define what is a bench unit and what is not. Um, Hartenstein was, he only played nine minutes tonight. Uh, he was pretty ineffective for most of that. The stats look pretty good. He was six points, three rebounds, two offensive. Uh, he had two blocks, but he wasn't really felt, and he had four fouls. And if you can't defend without fouling, the Kings, they got 24 points at the free throw line tonight. Denver only got 20 points at the free throw line tonight, and Denver lost by two. So those margins really do matter. And it can't be a Mason Plumley situation where Isaiah Hartenstein immediately comes in. He wants to make an impact just like Plumley would, and Plumley would take all of these fouls, help get the opposing team into the bonus, and then they would be shooting free throws the rest of the way when Jokic comes back in, when the starters start trickling back in. It's a really tough situation to be in, and I hope that Denver learns from this. Uh, Millsap at one point spent time as a stretch five with that bench unit, but I did not like the four-guard look. It's... It, I. The DNVR guys called it the mini lads lineup at one point. I like that term. I think it's it's pretty endearing, but also like you know what you're going to get from that group. They have to be quality shooters. They have to be uh, physical, like or, or like pesky is more what I'll say. And they weren't tonight. Uh, that group they settled for floaters. Uh, they didn't get all the way to the rim. They didn't generate threes. Uh, it looked really, really bad when they were out there. And I, I don't think that Millsap is the guy to put out there as a stretch five. I think you got to put Jermichael Green out there. He's more of the the athlete that you want to put in that group. Um, Millsap looked pretty good with the with the starters, but it with the bench unit, I just I don't see it right now as a stretch five. That's we'll just have to wait and see on that, especially if there are going to be four guards that are playing. And it, I think it's possible that there are. Um I wouldn't recommend it, but you don't want to go away from a lineup because of one game. Uh, that would be an overreaction for sure. Um, Three-point shooting, not good. Uh, Denver went 8 of 29 tonight, 27%. It really didn't feel like they were attacking the three-point line a lot. It felt like they were attacking the rim. It felt like they had a lot of misses at the rim. Uh, in relation to a lot of different situations. Um, and it didn't feel like their floor spacers were really spacing the floor. Uh, Jamal Murray goes 0 of 5 tonight. Gary Harris goes 0 of 4. 
Michael Porter Jr., he did great. He had three of seven. Uh, you like to see that attempts number right there, and you like to see him making all of those. Paul Millsap was two of five. That's pretty good. Nikola Jokic, when he is in the post, when he's attacking the rim, um, he was only one of two from three because he didn't have to take threes. Unfortunately, Denver's floor spacers, when he was out there, they couldn't really make those shots. Uh, Murray and Harris have to be better. Uh, the bench unit has to be better overall. Uh, Will Barton, one of three, he was fine, but seven of 16. Uh, it's a lot of shots uh, that aren't threes. So Denver just has to work on their proportions because if they continue to attack the glass and attack the the paint, but they don't attack the three-point line, then they're not going to be the offense that I think that they can be. Uh, they settled in and they kind of regressed into uh, some bad habits tonight, I would say. Uh, last year's habits. Gary Harris needs to step up in that regard, by the way, too. Like, if, if he's going to be out there, and if he can't just be out there to be a uh, defensive player, because Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox were still really good, even though he was out there, and though he might have made it slightly harder for them, um, it just, I don't know if it helped. Um, so I don't think Denver's going to bench him. I don't think Denver can bench him at this point. Like they're, they should also wait just to see if he can bounce back a little bit, but Denver needs Gary Harris to be able to shoot a three, uh, going over four tonight. Not a good sign. It is the season opener. It's way too early to make snap judgments on these things. Uh, so give him some time. Uh, referees, referees were bad tonight. Uh, they put Michael Porter Jr. in foul trouble early. Uh, Porter didn't like, he didn't help himself in that regard, but it really screwed with Denver's entire rotation. Uh, there was a phantom offensive foul call on Jamal Murray late in this game that fouled him out of the game that I have no idea what happened and I have no idea where it came from. I still don't know. I haven't been shown an angle or given an explanation that gives me any reason to think that he committed a foul, uh, but he was ejected from the game because of it. Uh, not ejected, but he fouled out. Uh, the offensive touch foul, the screening foul by Jokic at the end of the fourth quarter, uh, that was that was soft, uh, to say the least. Uh, he didn't disrupt the defensive player in any way, shape, or form. He just put his hands on him. Um, you're not supposed to do that, but like, there's two seconds left in the game. Like, come on now. Uh, and then they reviewed and overturned a possession that should have earned Jokic free throws. He got slapped on the arm and lost the ball, but the ball rolled up his finger and then was off of him because of it uh, that they they had initially given to Denver, uh, but overturned it because of replay. They couldn't retroactively give Hassan Whiteside a foul, despite the fact that it was definitely a foul. Um, and Denver just had a lot of these situations where it, it felt like it went completely against them. Um, that isn't me just bitching about calls or anything like that. It's like, it, it just, it just felt like it in the building. It was very weird from the vantage point and there weren't great explanations given or anything like that. So it, uh, it felt like everything kind of spiraled out of control. Um, and that kind of led to the late game execution problems that Denver had, uh, the screening foul on Jokic that I mentioned, that was a big problem. Uh, Will Barton with going up to, up to uh, 15 seconds left or something like that. 
uh, Will Barton back cuts and Michael Porter Jr. hits him in stride, but Barton doesn't respect the defender behind him and instead just lays it up easily off the glass. But De'Aaron Fox was closing hard because that's what a good defender does. And Barton got blocked at the rim and the ensuing transition play tied the game. And then Jokic has a late turnover on the final possession that leads to that buzzer-beating tip-in. Um, hard to say who's at, who's to blame here. I thought Michael Porter inbounded the inbounded the pass well. Uh, it was hard to tell whether uh, Harrison Barnes fouled Jokic. Uh, I don't think he did, but he might have. And if he did, then like Denver got jobbed once again. Um, Will Barton comes for a, a heroic block attempt and blocks Harrison Barnes, but uh, Buddy Heald tips it in and uh, saves the game for, for or steals the game, honestly, for Sacramento. Like, there was no business for Denver to give up this loss uh, to the Kings. And it's a really bad loss. I, I have to point that out once again. It's, it's not good, and Denver should feel bad. Uh, but there are good things that did also happen. I will talk about them as well as what the Nuggets can prepare for on Christmas in the next segment. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here, Nuggets numbers, solo pod for me. Uh, let's talk about the good, because it, it wasn't all bad, even though most of it was bad. Uh, there was some good things that came from this, uh, some things that I do want to mention. Uh, Nikola Jokic, first and foremost. Uh, I said MVP season inbound for Nikola Jokic, and I think it's it's within the picture as long as Denver continues to perform well. Uh, Jokic tonight was unbelievable. He had 29 points, 15 rebounds, 14 assists, three blocks. Uh, he did have six turnovers, and that is something that Denver is going to have to monitor going forward because uh, turnovers is, is something where they can come in droves, and it, it, it will drive Michael Malone crazy. Uh, Jokic is going to rack up turnovers because he tries to make impressive plays, and he tries to continue to... Uh, generate a lot of these open pay, open plays that need to happen for a creative soul like him. But overall, the fundamental things that he did tonight too were just they were they were uh, impressive to behold. Uh, he kind of uh, ate Marvin Bagley alive for what it's worth. Uh, Marvin Bagley had no chance when guarded by Nikola or when when yeah when guarding Nikola Jokic. Uh, Rashawn Holmes fouled out as well. Uh, Hassan Whiteside was the guy that came in, and, and I'm surprised that Denver didn't go to Jokic in the post more frequently against Hassan Whiteside, or at least pick and pop with him. Um, they didn't really do that well. I thought that not having Murray out there uh, in the in the clutch kind of ruined that for Denver. Uh, but it is what it is. Like you you 
you move on. Uh, Jokic was was great though. Uh, again, twenty nine points on eighteen shots is just nuts. Uh, fourteen assists and fifteen rebounds is nuts. Um, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, he didn't start the game well other than shooting, but I thought that his activity level really picked up in the fourth quarter and the overtime. Uh, there were a lot of uh, transition plays and backside rotations that some of them Porter was out of position for, and and Denver got burned once or twice. Uh, but some of them Porter was sitting in the passing lane really well, and and he picked off a couple passes. Uh, he had two steals and three blocks in this game. Uh, very impressive stuff. Uh, one of the one of the possessions that he had, uh, the Kings had an opportunity to uh, take the lead on a corner three that Michael Porter Jr. Uh, came out of nowhere with 30 seconds left and just uh, got his fingers on on the on the ball. He just grazed the ball for a block. Uh, really showed the athleticism off. Really showed the length. Uh, had great timing. Uh, and he's trying. Like, it's very clear that when he's out there, he is trying to do the right thing. Uh, I thought that that was really important. I also thought that he did a good job of getting out in transition and and creating some open shots for himself and others. Uh, he only had two assists tonight, but he did have a nice dime to Isaiah Hartenstein uh, for a dunk. Uh, he did... He was on the receiving end of a couple of Jokic hit-ahead passes, and one of them he finished. Uh, one of them, I think he he went up and and kind of did the uh, the old pass it off the backboard trick, and that was probably the safer play for instead of uh, having the ball roll off the rim. Uh, but he looked really good, and the jump shot looks really good, and people should be pretty happy with that. I hope that Denver continues to work him into the dribble handoff game with Nikola Jokic because that has a lot of potential. Uh, there are definitely times where Porter takes that shot a little bit quickly, but if he hits it on a consistent basis, I'd much rather him take that shot than Gary Harris, who it just doesn't feel very good anymore when Gary Harris is pulling up from a uh, uh, from a DHO3. Um, I liked what I saw from Porter. Uh, he has all of the confidence in the world. He did miss a shot uh, in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter with about a minute left that Jokic created for him wide open. But uh, he's going to have those opportunities, and he's going to hit them more often, or not more often than not, but like he'll he'll hit them at a solid rate. Uh, he was the guy who picked up the slack tonight in in favor of Murray, who was really struggling. So impressive performance from him, all all things considered. Lots of pressure on him right now, so good to see him step up. Um, Will Barton came off the bench in this game, and I thought he, when he entered for Porter for foul trouble, I thought he really performed very well. Uh, obviously, that's that's pretty evident based off of the box score that he had in the first quarter, where I think he he either didn't miss a shot or or he was uh, he was very very good. He was very efficient. He had like ten points in the first quarter despite not starting the first quarter. Um, he finished the game with 16 points on 16 shots. He had four assists, two rebounds, two steals, and a block. Uh, his activity level on both sides was pretty good. I thought that his defense was a little bit overstated by the two steals and a block. Uh, the block obviously was the last play in OT, and it was great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he needs to be better against bigger guys. 
if the Nuggets are going to go with Porter at the four at times and Barton at the three, or even if they just generate switches, uh, Barton's going to have to be better against big guys. Denver lost Torrey Craig. They lost Jeremy Grant. I thought that they really missed Jeremy Grant tonight when a guy like Harrison Barnes was the guy who was bullying his way to the rim over guys like Barton, over guys like uh, Monte Morris and uh, Gary Harris. Uh, he didn't. Harrison Barnes never really bullied his way to the rim against Porter uh, because Porter 6'10", 6'11", can block his shot. Uh Harrison Barnes is going to go through Will Barton, and he's going to do everything that he can to do so. And I thought that that was one of the underrated things that lost Denver the game tonight. But overall, it was a good thing to see Barton come off the bench, play really well, um, at least offensively for sure. Uh, He's going to have to be a better three-point shooter, better about taking more shots from three. But overall, again, good performance. I hope it continues. And then P.J. Dozier, I thought he stood out in this game. He has the hardest job on that second unit. He's that that bench power forward, uh, even though he's a combo guard, even though he's a he's a 6'6 combo guard who's like 200 pounds. Uh, he had the uh, the luxury of guarding Nemanja Bielitsa tonight, who's not the most physical player, but Bielitsa did get some. He did get some offensive rebounds, though there was one incredible block that Dozier had. Uh, it was a second leap block. Uh, he he went up for a rebound, didn't get the rebound, and then immediately turned around and jumped and skied for the block. I think it was Bielitsa who tried to lay it in. Uh, very impressive stuff from him. Uh, he is earning more time. And Facundo Campazzo, I don't think is going to earn a lot of time. He may be on the outside of the rotation at some point. Uh, it would not surprise me if, Jamaica, if when Jamaica Green comes back, it's Campazzo who goes to the bench instead of Dozier. Uh, Dozier, I think, has proven to be the more ready player, the more ready to impact the game uh, off the bench. And for what Denver needs, they need versatility. They need somebody who can handle, but also can shoot, but also can defend, uh, and also doesn't give up a lot of size on the wing. Uh, Campazzo checks all of those boxes, but not necessarily like the size portion. So we're going to see how it goes. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Denver does. Uh, moving to Christmas, uh, I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about this, uh, probably about five minutes or so. Uh, the starting lineup that started tonight is most likely going to start on Christmas, and I was initially worried about it when it was if it was going to be Barton because if it had been Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, Jokic, then it would have brought back a lot of February 28th vibes. Uh, when Denver got blown out in Staples Center uh, following the All-Star break. Uh, instead, they're going to start Porter in all likelihood, and he's going to come, he's going to come in there, and he's probably going to guard Kawhi Leonard. Maybe Millsap spends some time on Kawhi. Maybe Harris spends some time on Kawhi, but in all likelihood, I think it's going to be Porter, and he's going to have a, a really tough assignment, and it's going to be a good time for him to prove himself. Uh, I asked him in the offseason if he was ready to take on that defensive assignment against the top two-way wings if he wanted to be one himself. And he said yes. He said he wanted to guard the opposing team's best player, and he wanted the opposing team's best player to guard him. That's the kind of confidence he has in himself, and he has to back it up. So I'm looking forward to seeing whether he can. Um, Will Barton is going to continue to play a significant amount. He has Malone's trust. Uh, I think the way the Denver's lineup is constructed 
Uh, he may continue to play the two or the three. Uh, I hope that he doesn't play the one again. I didn't like what I saw from him as the point guard, but it is what it is. Denver had to do that because of foul trouble. Um, Serge Ibaka, when he played for the Clippers on Tuesday nights, I thought he changed things significantly for the Clippers. They have a pick-and-pop threat with him instead of just the normal pick-and-roll guys that they usually have. Uh, he kind of replaces what Jamichael Green did, but he does it better, and he's a lot more efficient and a lot more. he has a lot more volume to his shots. Uh, so Jokic is going to be in an interesting position when he's guarding Serge Ibaka, and he's trying to defend the Kawhi pick-and-roll. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, Jamal Murray is going to have to step up. Uh, obviously, he had a dud tonight. This is not his game. Uh, he's going to have to be better. Maybe some familiar opponents will help him draw out some of the bubble love uh, that he had. And uh, he's going to need to to be a big. He's going to need to have a big performance because the Clippers look very good. Uh, they look pretty good in the season opener. And they're going to come to Denver with uh, something to fight for, I will say. Uh, Paul George looked like he was on a mission in that first game. And Kawhi Leonard, he shot 10 of 26 in that game. He was defended by Anthony Davis. He's not going to be defended by Anthony Davis on Friday night. So just keep that in mind when you're, when you're evaluating what this Nuggets team is going to look like. I have my eyes focused on those big wings and whether Denver can guard them. Um, I would say that the four guard lineup is unlikely to make an appearance against those big wings, but you never know. Uh, maybe it's PJ Dozier who guards those guys. Maybe Will Barton spend some time, but if you also have Monte Morris and Facundo Campazzo out there, um, uh, the Clippers love to generate switches and then they love to generate post-ups and isolations and things like that. Uh, I would be worried if I were Denver. Uh, last thing, Bull Bull. Bull Bull did not play tonight, and I was kind of surprised given that Jamichael Green didn't play. I would have projected that Bull Bull would take the 10 to 15 minutes off the bench that were vacated, but obviously that didn't happen. Obviously, Michael Malone decided he wanted to go small, and I don't think he's going to do it again. I would be surprised if we didn't see Bull Bull against the Clippers on Friday, uh, given the fact that they have... A lot of those big wings that Bulbul might need to switch out on. Uh, but you never know. This is so early in the season that we're still trying to learn a lot about this team. We're still trying to figure things out. Uh, overall takeaways from tonight, I would not overreact to anything at all. Uh, this team kind of showed basically what I think they're going to be. Uh, a matchup against De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald. It's not the best matchup for this Nuggets backcourt. Uh but they need to be better, and they're they're going to have an opportunity. But there are also going to be a lot of elite guards out there. So I am curious to see how Denver continues to react. Uh, Jamal Murray's got to raise his game. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., stay out of foul trouble. Gary Harris got to hit some open shots. Uh, once they start doing that, it's going to be fine. I don't have a lot of long-term worries, uh, but we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Christmas game. Uh, that's going to do it here for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Thank you for tuning in uh, on this uh, this upsetting podcast stuff in, in the buzzer beater fashion that the Kings had. Uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow. Uh, the Dig is going to have a special episode that is dropping on Christmas. So if you're 
looking to take a break from family, if you're looking for some prep time for the Denver Nuggets game at some point, then take a listen to that. Uh, Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, That would be greatly appreciated. Other than that, though, I, I genuinely appreciate everybody, and I'll talk to you guys very soon.